You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. I am Jacques Daniel with the Diocese of Rapid City here at the Mustard Seed with our lovely guest, Karen. Co-host, Karen. Co-host. What did I say? Guest. Oh. I don't know much about well, territory. That, <laughs> well, that, yeah, that'll be a problem. We're also here. So our, we actually do have a guest, and it's not Karen. It is Mary Hammery from the Diocese of Fargo. We were just talking Karen. to your bishop. Yeah, I heard the last part of it. Nice. So we're talking about pilgrimage, the purpose of which is to encounter the divine, but also to give something of ourselves, right, to make an offering. And one of those is to pray for the poor souls in purgatory. Especially, right. there are lots of various ways and places and shrines and things that we can pray for those dead. Um, thank you, Mary, for being with us today. Tell Maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I, I work for the Diocese of Fargo. I'm the director of catechesis. I've been here for 20 years. I also do pilgrimages, so often I am, I'm like the pilgrimage lady more so <laughs> recently on, on RPR. Um, so I thought this would be a great show. You know, there's many shrines that have to do with praying for the poor mm-hmm. souls that we don't even know about. So I thought it would be a great title to do a pilgrimage to purgatory. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. And especially in this month of November, yes. where we are remembering the souls in purgatory. Uh, so before we get into some of those places that we could go on a pilgrimage, why should we consider even making a pilgrimage, especially for the poor souls in purgatory? Well, even more, if for just the reason of any reason to make a pilgrimage, you know, through the, through the history of our church, um, people have been making pilgrimages from the very beginning, going to the Holy Land, being in that place where Jesus walked, going to Rome, um, where the early Christians began the church. And so there's something about leaving out of your normal existence, everyday life, and and traveling to a place of special significance, to go stand and look out at the Sea of Galilee that Jesus looked out, you know, to go touch the place where he was crucified, to walk into St. Peter's Basilica and be in this awe that thousands of years, people before you have been walking in there as well, the saints as well. Um, and so there is something about is, is moving towards our Lord in, in our own spiritual lives as we journey uh, to that, and we do that physically when we go to these places. And traditionally, uh, people would go on pilgrimages. It used to be a penance to go on a pilgrimage. I mean, it wasn't like a luxury tour kind of thing. Um, today, you know, it can be a pilgrimage or it can be penance, too, if it's travel's not going well and you're not feeling well, but you're overseas, your you know, you. <laughs> take your children with you. There's all kinds of ways it can still be pilgrimage. <laughs> But typically, yeah, we go and we, we pray at the site. If we go to the Lord's Shrine, we're praying for healing, you know, and such. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we do pray for, obviously, is other people. Um, and I think, especially as we're talking in this month of November, is to pray for those who have died, those who are in purgatory. And there are shrines around. They're not as popular as, say, going to Lourdes or the Holy Land uh, that are dedicated to the poor souls. Now, could you share some of those places with us? Because uh, from the top of my head, I can't think of any. Yeah, yeah. So here in the United States, there's um, there's actually one. I actually just discovered it. It's called Saint Odilo's, Odilo's Parish. Saint Odilo was a abbot 
back in France, I don't know, probably the medieval time or earlier, he was the abbot of Cluny. But anyway, this parish was um, dedicated to the poor souls by Cardinal George, so it's just outside of Chicago. It's only 30 minutes from the Little Flower Shrine there in Chicago, too. Um, and the whole, it's a parish church, but uh, they have a dedication for praying for the poor souls. So there's like a side chapel that people can make a pilgrimage to, light candles, write their names in the Book of the Dead, spend time praying there, um, just meant for that. And their, their parish has that special intention, too, to pray for the poor souls. So it's actually now, it has the title of a national shrine of the poor souls, the only one in the United States. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, So are there, as you're going, what, I mean, obviously people know what it means to undertake a pilgrimage, but what in particular for a, like say we were able to visit this, this parish, this National Shrine of the Poor Souls here in the United States, what would be one way we could like start to prepare for that pilgrimage and and use our time most effectively for the poor souls? Um, I think first starting in prayer, starting in prayer of remembering those who have died would be the first thing. Um, and I think I was going to mention this later, but a really good book to kind of that I just found too is called Praying with the Saints for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Um, it's by Susan Tassone. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a little book. Um, she has a great, she's been on EW, EWTN many times. She's got a few books. But this was praying with the saints, as the saints themselves have devotion to praying for the holy souls. Some of the saints have actually, like, traveled to purgatory and gone to talk to uh, the poor souls. I know St. Faustina is one of them she mentioned. St. Faustina had this uh, experience where our Lord took her to purgatory, and she was able to talk to one of the poor souls and asked what their greatest suffering was. And basically the, the soul said, it's, the suffering is the, the longing for God, but the fact that they can't be in God's presence yet. So, Yeah. Now, and that actually brings up the aspect of the divine mercy. Yes. And praying the divine mercy chaplet for the dying, or, you know, just the divine mercy chaplet yeah. in general, and the prayers for those that are getting ready to die. And all of this kind of all ties in together, right? Because right. Yep. you yep. want to have, um, be, uh, it, the more you are in a state of grace when you die, that the better it will be for you in purgatory. Right. Uh, and yet, here we are, we have this opportunity to help these souls, to help them get out of purgatory, to fulfill that the meeting of God face-to-face, that the full fullness of heaven. And we, so many people don't. So many right. people don't do that. They don't pray. So, I mean, even just if you can't make a pilgrimage to an actual site or an actual location, I mean, there is so much you can still do for the poor souls. Oh, exactly. The whole month of November is dedicated, and all year, really. Uh, but you brought up the Divine Mercy Shrine. There's another, as we talked about, St. Faustina. She had a great devotion to the Holy Souls in Purgatory because our, our Lord asked her to pray. And so praying the chaplet here in the United States, we have another shrine, the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Um, and there it's, it's an extensive grounds. You can go, you can spend a lot of time there. It's, it's a very um, quiet place. It's, it's not a lot of busyness because it's up high on a hill. So it's a great time to just um, walk around and do the stations. They have a beautiful chapel, lots of different relics of different uh, saints in that one. 
and and go and offer your prayers for, like I said, the poor souls or those in your family who have just died this past year. Um, and, and along with that, obviously, the shrine in Poland is the original Divine Mercy Shrine, which I do have a pilgrimage going to there in June with Father Jasinski. Um, if people are interested in that, um, we're doing we're doing a Krakow and Prague. They could just call the diocese here and, and ask for me. But um, yeah, so the two Divine Mercy Shrines certainly, and praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, for the poor souls, like and and even reading about Saint Faustina and her diary and and what she, her Lord revealed to her about the the poor souls in purgatory. So you mentioned um, the Divine Mercy Shrines here in the United States and then the one over in Poland. What are some other places around the world that are dedicated to the Holy Souls? Well, uh, there's one in France, and I can't remember the town. It's just south of Paris. It's another, kind of like United States one, it's another church dedicated to the poor souls. So if you were going to do a pilgrimage to Paris, you could check this place out. Um, I can't, it's a long name in French, so sorry, I can't say it. <laughs> but... Uh, it's, uh, again, a parish church that has masses continually offered for the poor souls, and I believe it's a religious order that also um, continually has different talks and different things regarding praying for those people in, um, that are in purgatory. But in Rome, there is a few. So in Rome, first of all, you know, there's lots of different things to go in Rome, and you could spend, I've been in Rome now probably 15 times, and I still haven't seen it all. But some of the things you do, like, that most people would like to do is go through the catacombs. They have many different types of catacombs. And there's a different feel when you, you know, you're all excited to be in Rome and you're eating this great gelato and the pasta and seeing all these great <laughs> churches and, you know, the Pope and everything. And then you go into the catacombs and your, your whole disposition just changes. It's dark, you know. Um, you are walking along the paths. or They dug them in, you know, uh, and you're below ground. Uh, with different slats where bodies used to be laid. And some of them, the bodies are still there. It's covered over um, the tombs. And you get this sense, you get a whole different sense of like, okay, these people have died and you're walking through tunnel after tunnel after tunnel. And then there might be a mausoleum where there's like a whole family buried in there. And then you come across a chapel, a small little dugout room where you have mass down in the catacombs. So you don't have to, like, try and think about, let's pray for people who have died, because you're in the midst of it. It's like the whole environment is just saying, prayer here is for those who have died. You just naturally want to do that. Wow. Yeah, it, it's something else. <laughs> that's moving. I'm sitting here with, like, chills going, oh, I, that's yeah. intense. <laughs> our, uh, so our family normally makes a small pilgrimage it's about what our family can handle to the various uh cemeteries in town yeah. through the through the you know the first week of november but then uh thanks to pope francis the entire month of november to pray for the souls and and that's about as close as as we can get to the catacombs but <laughs> it, you that's a beautiful image of you know there's this space where you can't help but think of yeah. those who have died and to lift up your prayers for them, and that's beautiful. Right, yeah. There's another cool church there, and this little church, it's just on the Tiber River. It's a Gothic, it's a neo-Gothic church, so it kind of stands out amongst the Romanesque churches. It's always locked, but in this church, in, like, as you're going through, like, to the sacristy, you go one way, but you go the other way, there's a little side room, and it's a little museum of artifacts of purgatory, basically. And so um, they have things like... Uh, 
a prayer book, which somebody from came back from purgatory, came from purgatory, and I don't know really the quite language for this, but um, was asking this person for masses said, for prayers said, and left a mark on a prayer book, that kind of stuff. So a couple of books, there's a cloth in there, um, all documented, all in their little museum. And so the church is actually uh, the Church of the Sacred Heart of the Suffrage. So again, this little church has a ministry of praying for the Holy Souls, too, probably because they're the caretakers of this, this little museum. So you stand there looking at these things going like, okay, that's a weird kind of mark. It looks like it's burnt, but not really on mm-hmm. on the prayer, prayer book, or wow. or like or maybe like a smoke mark that somebody. Yeah, they're all very different. Like, well, clearly that's a mark, but you can't really tell what kind of mark it is. So, yeah, there's probably about ten or twelve, maybe more of them, of different artifacts through the years, all documented. Of people coming back asking for prayers is basically what, um, wow. and leaving their mark of some way or another. That's incredible. Well, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Mary here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com. So I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. I'm Jacques Daniel with the Diocese of Rapid City, South Dakota, sitting in the fabulous mustard seed before open hours. 
So it's all ours. I, it's all ours. We can take whatever we want. Is that the story? That's not. God's watching. Karen's looking at me funny. I'm here with Karen. <laughs> she's not a guest. She's the, she's actually in charge of this whole deal. I'm I'm the guest. <laughs> and Mary from the Diocese of Fargo. We're here talking about purgatory and and not only purgatory, but really these um, pilgrimages to pray for the holy souls. And I'm super excited. I just started. I was going to buy a coffee today, but I'm going to put that money in a little <laughs> black bag <laughs> and save it up so someday I can go with Mary to someplace really cool and see some amazing shrines. Um, but for now, I've got nine amazing, beautiful kids, and and we're always looking for things to do in November to celebrate uh, this, this opportunity that the church gives us to pray for the holy souls. I, Mary, what else can families do? Yeah, so here's a story about St. Padre Pio. He uh, had a, a little box. He called it the Purgatory Box. And in there, he had about 100 different pieces of paper listed on there listed different sins. So the sins that people in Purgatory probably are suffering with. Anyway, so he would put all the sins in there, and then when he would walk by, he would pick one out of the box, and then he would recite the eternal rest grant us. Grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. Then he would name the sin, and then he would pray for that person to be purified of that sin in purgatory. And I thought, well, that's just a great little thing families could do as well. Besides the point of of listing all the people in your family who have died, or friends, or parish community, and in your prayer time as a family, you know, picking their name out of the box that morning and, and praying for them kind of thing. That's a beautiful idea. That is a great idea. Yeah. We have, we have a space on top of our piano that normally collects like keys and random books that people forgot to put away and mm-hmm. <laughs> an assortment of things that don't belong there. But the beautiful thing during the month of November is we have pictures of those family members who have died that uh, take that space and are in our, you know, the space where we pray together as a family in the morning and the evening and, and they're there and they're, you know, visible, but that's a beautiful idea to, to pull out names and to, and to individually not forget these family members as we pray for them. Also holy cards. So I don't, it doesn't seem to be so much of a tradition, at least here in, in North Dakota, but where I'm from in Wisconsin, um, when somebody died, there was always a holy card for them, and it was usually a picture of Mary or Jesus or somebody on the front, mm-hmm. and then a prayer for them on the back, usually eternal mm-hmm. rest grant, one of those prayers. Anyway, um, I was my uncle had just passed away, and I was cleaning out his house back in Milwaukee, and he lived there for 80 years, so it was my grandmother's house. And every time I found a holy card of somebody who had died, mm-hmm. I said that prayer on the back. I was saying a lot of prayers as I was cleaning up because they say, I'm finding them from the 40s and the 50s. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, wow, it just, what another beautiful tradition. You, you People kept these cards, you know, to remember so, to pray for people. I have a really great story that I want to share with you, Mary, about okay. holy cards from you know people who have died. So I... Last, well, at the first Wednesday, our parish, the CCD group, went up to a little church in our town, up by the cemetery, and we did some prayers for the poor souls and walked through the cemetery, and Father blessed some of the the new graves again, and 
It was very beautiful. Well, one of my confirmation students had lost her stocking cap, her cap. And so she asked me if I could go find it. And so I went to the church later to look for this. And I, I mean, it's either going to be in the church or it's going to be in the cemetery. So I started with the church, hoping that that would indeed be the greatest blessing of my day, that I wasn't going to have to search through the cemetery. <laughs> yes. It was, it, it ended up being in the cemetery. But while I was searching the church, I had gone down in the basement and I saw this, I, room I, I thought well maybe she went in this room I'll just go look and I haven't been in there in a long long time and over in the corner there was this basket very odd placed basket has no rhyme or reason why it's there and I as I was approaching the basket I catch my eye on this holy card and I look down at it and it was my grandma's holy card from <gasps> her funeral from 2012 oh, wow. wow wow and I'm just like in the month of November, mm-hmm. what a sign I'm going to pray for my grandma. Mm-hmm. And so I think those things are so important that you do. Yeah. I mean, the holy card, I'm going to have them when I die. Just there. I have 2.4 million witnesses listening in right now. I hope. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I, it is important. It is important because people are supposed to pray for you. Right. So a reminder, you put them in your Bible or in your yep. nightstand. Yeah. So I just thought that even this many years later, it was a reminder to me, even though I pray for my grandma, but a very tangible, I can pick it up and I could hold it. And I was almost floored by finding that in the basement of this church. So it was crazy. I bet bet if we like asked people around us, everybody's got a story like that too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, and then even at that, just the idea of going to the cemetery, like Jacques was talking about with your family and praying before the grave of your, their, you know, the children's grandparents or their aunt or their uncle or whatever. Right. And that in itself is a pilgrimage. You don't have to go far to have a pilgrimage. It just has to be meaningful and slightly uncomfortable, maybe. (laughs) That's right. No, you're right. So you said there were some other places yeah. um, around the world with shrines? Yeah, so there's one, there's two, well, two in Ireland. So um, probably if you're in Ireland, everybody would know this one. It's called Purgatory Island or St. Patrick's Purgatory. But it's actually a monastic uh, type of retreat. So it's a monastery. Uh, it's very isolated. Um, and I think you can just go as a visitor. But what you do if you want to go on the retreat there, and I do know a lady who did this, you um, sign up and you go, and for, there's no sleeping for 24 hours, so you, you, you do penance from the time you begin your retreat there. No sleeping, no shoes, uh, and only coffee and one piece of toast for the day. You are fasting. So you are staying up all night long. You are fasting. You have no shoes on. In Ireland, it's not that warm. Is it um, bad coffee? I don't even know. Probably, well, Irish coffee, I don't know. Um, and then you uh, you do a lot of, they, they have stations, and then they have different just prayer th- things outside that you just go and spend a lot of time um, just kind of doing your penances, I guess, and, and praying. And the lady I, I had talked to had done that. She said, oh, it was the most spiritual, rewarding experience she ever had in her whole life. I'm thinking, like, I couldn't last without the shoes. Sleep would be hard, but wow, yeah. Purgatory Island in Ireland. The other one that most people probably don't know this one, but Our Lady of Knock, so Our Lady appeared in Knock, Ireland in 1879, um, and Mary and Joseph and John the the Evangelist appeared there. They didn't say anything, but they appeared on the 100th day, or the 100th day of Masses that were said for the poor souls in Purgatory, which I thought was very interesting, too. Oh, that is. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that. That's very interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. 
the, that, those are all very amazing. I mean, Jacques, you're going to have to save more than just today's coffee money <laughs> to get to these places. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, yeah. And not everybody's gonna, called to go to St. Patrick's Purgatory. I mean, that's pretty hardcore. But I could see yeah. some people, maybe that yeah. would be their call. I think it's something you're called to. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But so if, if Jacques wants to save his coffee fund for a pilgrimage, <laughs> um, what you you kind of hinted at a pilgrimage you had you were offering uh, coming up this summer, but what other pilgrimages are going to be um, available, especially in the Diocese of Fargo? Well, we do have one up with Bishop Fuller, who was just on talking about confirmation, but he is uh, leading a pilgrimage that I'm organizing with him to Washington D.C. and Philadelphia. So the Washington D.C. one, um, uh, we're going to go to the Basilica, the Immaculate Conception, and then John Paul the second shrine, but one of the things we're going to go to is the Franciscan Monastery of the Holy Land, and there is another place that has a purgatory chapel. If you've not been to the Holy Land itself in Israel, you can go to D.C., and the Franciscans there have replicas of what the sites look like. So when you go in the main church there in D.C., you look up, you look up into the loft, and that's like the crucifixion site. Well, that's very similar to the Holy Land. You walk into that, the Holy Sepulcher Church, and up in the loft, this is basically where the, the crucifixion happened. They have a replica tomb that you can go into. They have um, replica catacombs that are similar to more to Rome. I've never been to catacombs in the Holy Land. Uh, and then a room that's a purgatory chapel that you can have Mass in. Um, so, yeah, that, that pilgrimage is September 10th through the 14th. Um, you have to just go to the diocese website under events. You'll find the link to it. You sign up. You don't need to be vaccinated at this point. Things always change. You never know. Um, we're flying from Fargo, so that would be the one thing. And then taking a bus when we're there to sites in D.C., up to Emmitsburg, um, where St. Elizabeth Ann Seton is, and there's a, a shrine there, a grotto shrine of Our Lord, Lady of Lords, and then to Philadelphia. Bishop had gone to, to seminary in Philadelphia, so he was pretty excited about seeing the, showing people the old sites there and the shrines there. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. That September. sounds amazing. Great. Well, we have about a minute left. Is there anything else you'd want to t- say to our listeners and encourage them to pray for the poor souls? Well, certainly, yeah, pray for the poor souls. And like I said, this book that I just got, um, Praying with the Saints for the Holy Souls in Purgatory, Susan um, Tassone had a lot of great stories that really would inspire you. It did me when I was reading it, like, I, you know, I really got to pray for the poor souls of purgatory. There was also a, a DVD that came out on purgatory, and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't have the name. Um, gosh, if you, if you email, if you want to, if you emailed me or called me at the diocese, I could, I could find it again. But again, it had a lot of great stories. I know there was a movie just out, but I didn't see it on purgatory as well. It was in Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if people liked it or not, but... Um, all it takes is, you know, just reading a book or watching a movie, and suddenly you're just thrown into, mm-hmm. like, we got to do this. we got to pray for yep. the poor souls. Um, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have, I know priests that I know, that's sort of their special ministry is praying for the poor souls in purgatory. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Mary. Uh, Mary, for joining us today. And i just like to say, don't forget to pray for the most forgotten soul in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is, that's the one I always pray for. And yep. I'm hoping it isn't the same person over and over again. Hopefully it's changed. <laughs> no. Hopefully I've prayed enough that the most yep. forgotten soul has rotated. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, but um, thank you again for joining us. If they want more information on the pilgrimages, where should they go? The Fargo Diocese. Uh, yeah, just call the Fargo Diocese. Like again, we're going to Poland in in June, um, and Washington D.C., Philadelphia in September. So just call the Diocese of Fargo. You could ask Excellent. for me, Mary Hanbury, and uh, I'll take care of from you there. Thank you so much. Well, sure. we're going to take a break here on Real Presence Live, but when we come back, we're going to talk about. Well, can I just throw something out, Jacques? Let's do it. We're going to talk about men mentoring men and talk about increasing spiritual prayer and life in, in the men in our lives. How's that sound? Does that sound good? We're like making it. it up as we go. So. <laughs> we'll be right back here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 